Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Hey. Hey girl, hey. His testicle sack is now so large, he has to wear a huge hoodie upside down instead of trousers. Cauliflower cheese. It may get bigger, it may get a little bigger, it may not get bigger at all. We'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, we're totally prepared. Cauliflower cheese. Well, hello there, my little aqua angels. Is Chappie, your British butler, back again from a little well-earned rest? to let your butler rest so he can get out of his pressed starch clothes those stiff collars those white gloves that you have to take off every time you go to the bathroom and then make sure they're all pristine white again how are you doing it's lovely to be here again it's lovely to be here i just wanted to let you know that i know there's hosepipe bands there's hosepipe bands across a lot of the uk at the moment and um i've got a i've got a solution for you i have a solution for you and the solution is this i drool so much at night now i don't know if it's an age problem i have talked about this before but not in too much detail but i draw more than when i was a lot younger i have a very very wet mouth and i think that i could siphon off uh my spittage my drool and uh, into some sort of water butt by the side of my bed, attach some sort of drainage system or pipe, and then you've got like gushing water through the whole night. And I think we could solve all sorts of problems. Now, you, you don't need any desalination. I'm not that salty. And you just, you just fill this up, this water butt up by the bed, and you can solve all sort of water shortage problems through the course of maybe a couple of weeks. As I wake up and I have like a soaking pillow, it's absolutely soaking like with my mouth is like, it's just gushing all over the place. And uh, I don't know how to solve the problem. Uh, I could stuff my mouth full of cotton wool or I could help a lot of people in a lot of need who are very, very short of water. There's a quick little uh, WebMD search here. And the condition is called hypersalivation. Is it a cause for concern? Well, I don't know. I mean, hypersalivation, your uh, salivary glands produce more saliva than usual. If the extra saliva begins to accumulate, it may begin to drip out of your mouth unintentionally and uncontrollably. In older adults and children, drooling may be a sign of an underlying condition. Oh, well, maybe I've found a problem that I have. Live on the podcast, I found and diagnosed a problem that my hypersalivation may be a temporary or chronic, depending on the cause. I've done it for a very long time. Um, constant hypersalivation often relates back to an underlying condition that affects muscle control. I wonder if it's because I sweat a lot as well. Now, I would need a desalination plant for the, uh, for the sweat. Uh, in, in some cases, hypersalivation typically goes away after treating the underlying condition. Constant hypersalivation is usually caused by chronic health conditions when you have impaired muscle control and you, it affects your ability to swallow, leading to a saliva buildup. One of the problems could be an enlarged tongue. Now, I don't know if I have a particularly long or thick tongue. I sort of never measured it. I mean, do, where do you measure your tongue from? From the base? There's a little bit of concern here. But, I mean, even talking to you, I, I never have the problem, and I suppose this is fantastic for 
you know, podcast host or audio host, radio host, uh, any of those, that I don't have a dry mouth. I don't have to keep reaching for water. And I drink a lot of tea, and that's meant to dehydrate you, I believe. Uh, talking of tea, we'll give a little feature later. My lovely daughter's uh, ensconced into a, a tea-tasting competition. That's uh, that's coming up uh, a little bit on the podcast. I think if I could get myself some sort of saliva spittoon. Do, I mean, does the thing even exist? So we've, I know that I may have an enlarged tongue, but uh, they used to have saliva spittoons back in the Wild West days when everybody used to chew tobacco and, uh, and spit it out. It's a receptacle made for spitting. They use it for chewing and dipping tobacco. This Portuguese word for spitter or spittoon from the word caspia, meaning to spit. But can you buy, can you buy spittoons? Well, Amazon here, there we go. Yes, you can buy yourself a tough cup, spit cup, spittoon bottle, and it's shaped like a hand grenade. You must feel a little bit wet, wet, wet here at the beginning of the show. We're talking about gushing hose pipes, drooling mouths, and spittoons. Going back to spittoons. If you're going back to spittoons, so you've got the hand grenade, tough cup spittoon. Uh, you've got the snuff cup spittoon for discrete storage for standard can sizes. So what is a recommended storage for a spittoon? How often do you have to dump this thing? And then you've got one camouflage. I mean, a lot of lads are going to like this one. Snuff cup spittoon for discrete storage as well. Nearly $40 for that. There's one that looks like a uh, some sort of peapot here that you put under your bed. A solid brass spittoon Pony Express. Now, if you have got acidic saliva, would that discolor the brass spittoon, I wonder? That's nearly $50 as well, but you can cross over as a peacup. I mean, do... I mean, some of these guys are absolutely disgusting, aren't they? Do they uh, do they use the spittoon and also use it as a bedpan underneath? So you're mixing spit, indeed, with uh, urine. And there's one here. It's it's a travel-sized stainless steel pocket spittoon spit cup, only $14.99. And you could put your cigar in there and moisten the tip of your cigar by using this $14.99 spittoon cup. There you go, people. You can't say that this podcast isn't educational. Where else would you get me selling or trying to trying to sell to you, promoting on Amazon? Because I'm sure a lot of people out there buying spittoon cups. But I mean, the the portable one that looks like something that you could you know dip your cigar in has 47 rating. It's got 47 people celebrating the use four out of five stars for this portable spittoon cup now if you've got a big mouth you may have some drippage here so anyway this is a one of the reviews is 1.1 to 2 to 5 inches interior so far i've only had one leak and it wasn't my fault i did not tighten the lid well enough depending on your chew habit i have to empty two to three times a day and then somebody else says, works great, clean and discreet, convenient in high-class public areas. Now, if you're in a high-class public areas, you probably shouldn't be spitting or chewing tobacco. Uh, discreet allows me to be able to enjoy tobacco for the whole day without having to spit into a water bottle or soda can. I mean, these are some classy lads here. 
great for travel. Do you have to empty that? When you go into the airport and you have your spittoon, though, do you have to empty it in front of the security guards? Because there's liquid in there. You don't want to see... People are emptying out their Coke, their pineapple juice, their uh, sparkling water, and there you are emptying out your spittoon cup. Talking of uh, very, very classy subjects on the podcast... Uh, it's coming up today, we may or may not be talking about, over the course of this show, maybe a couple of shows here, some of these topics here, some of these subjects. Giving away Trotsky's, Bob the homing pigeon, texting with poopy fingers, even crows won't eat it, best dunking biscuits, apple cider vinegar reduces warts, hung foo, uh, really disappointed when opened a box of tea. I mean, we have a whole tea-dwelling story. I know we dwell on uh, tea quite a lot here in the podcast uh, and we are having a tea review i feel like a traitor i'm a judas iscariot to my beloved pg tips i'm afraid to say uh castor oil packs have you tried them um why all villains are rodents these days uh, roland rat uh, also the tea thief mystery yes the tea thief mystery have you ever had a reese's peanut butter cup instead of peanut butter inside there's baked beans uh i saw this on twitter and uh, somebody sent a picture of a reese's peanut butter cup filled with baked beans and the answer was please stop this you're scaring my family the philosophical guy behind the counter at the movie theater talking about world hunger dogs scared of remote controls ostrich matting would americans recognize noddy hold or robert plant if they were sitting in audiences that's one of my dreams Oh, and castor oil packs again. I must have had, a, when I'm putting notes together for the show, I must have really enjoyed the ideal uh, idea of a castor oil pack. Indiana Jones and the Fat Blocking Code. And if you sit on a shooting stick, is that considered pegging? So I was reading in the newspaper, not that I have my newspaper ironed and delivered to me every morning, and I get newsprint all over my fingers, yeah, no newsprint on the fingers today, but blueberry juice on the fingers. Have you ever had blueberry juice or blackcurrant juice on your fingers? It's impossible to get out. It stains it to all hell. I've got Mr. Clean's scrubbing sponge trying to get this off, but my fingers look blue. I mean, it looks like I've got some sort of medical condition as well as my enlarged tongue and wet mouth. But uh, yeah, so reading about this, companies are not giving away Chotskis anymore. Everybody's cutting back because of uh, the big recession coming and everything along those lines. Uh, but I mean, since being in America, I remember when I first heard this. Chotskis. We just do not use this term, I don't believe, in the UK. So a definition of a Chotsky, knick-knack trinket. Carleen's furniture, this is an example. Carleen's furniture was garish and awful. Every shelf or corner held tchotchkes and giggles and other tacky trinkets. There's another example here. Collecting every sort of art from old masters to precious textiles, from rare books and manuscripts to antique tchotchkes. So I never knew. Uh, I mean, a tchotchke can be described and this might confuse Americans because it says bauble now I love a good bauble 
especially at Christmas, you hang them on the Christmas trees. Nobody in America's heard of baubles. Like I haven't heard of tchotchkes, nobody in America's heard of baubles. Baubles, biblots, curios, curiosities, doodads, gourd, gigor, gimcrack, kickshaw, knickknacks, novelty ornamental trinket. <laughs> so just as trinkets can dress up your shelves or coffee table, many words for miscellaneous objects or nondescript junk decorate our language, knickknacks, doodad, gigor, and whatnot. I've heard of whatnot, trinkets. But Trotsky's is a pretty popular word these days that wasn't commonly used in English until the 1970s. A bedroom with polka dot curtains, flurry wallpaper, shelves cluttered with Trotsky's from a lifetime of vacations. Which is a shame aside from being a Trotsky hoarder my mother loves to bake. So I, I, I never heard of this before until coming to America and I still do not really understand exactly what it means but i can't get my teeth around it as well mm, yeah I can't, tra, tra. so i said the other day that yeah, this was on a on a call i said on the other day that uh, we're not giving away so many trotskys so trotskys is something else i mean it's it's part of the the whole formation of the communist manifesto and you had a comrade Trotsky. So I mean, maybe companies are giving away uh, communist manuscripts, diplomas, Trotskys. From now on, you can get mousepad, pens and pencils, and Chairman Mao's Little Red Book. So Gino De Campo, the chef, says he turned down tea with the Queen for a very bizarre reason. Gino De Campo has admitted he once turned down tea uh, with the Queen because of what was on offer. The telly chef confessed that the main afternoon tea staple of cucumber sandwiches are his worst nightmare, and coupled with not wanting to dress up, decided the royal invite was not for him. Gina said, I was invited to the palace for tea just before COVID, but cucumber sandwiches is my worst nightmare. I don't like tea either. Well, sacrilege is anathema, I tell you. Uh, I phoned up the agent and said, I'd love to meet her, but I don't like tea and cucumber sandwiches and can't do either of those things. I'm also going to have to wear a tie. The last time I wore a tie was when I got married. But if I can come out of a plate of pasta and a cup of coffee, I'm in. So welcome to the 2022 Tea Challenge. And it's tips versus the Yorkies. Uh -huh. And... I've got two very refined palettes here. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Victoria and Catherine. Lady Victoria and Duchess Catherine. Yeah. He rented us off Craigslist for this review. So the tea was made properly. Was it? Yes. It, was, it wasn't boiled up water in a microwave with a milk in a bag. Milk in a bag. It was over 210 degrees and we've got fine porcelain china here. <laughs> so it's, so, so basically you've got the tips Sophistication. versus the Yorkies, or is it the Yorkies versus the tips? I don't know, <laughs> be to me. The Tea tips have the pyramid shape and the Yorkies have a square shape. There's a lot of tea leaves in there. Oh, yes, I see. All right, so we're going to try each of these in turn. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong, Catherine? Catherine looks like she's about to like combust. 
I don't know if she should have any caffeine. It might be the end. <laughs> I think she might start running circles. It's start like ankle biting like a furry. All right. So let's try the pink one first. So have you take a good sip. I want to hear a good... It's hot, though. Hmm. That one's kind of bland. All right. It's hot. The pink cup. This is the pink porcelain floral cup. Kind of bland. Okay. I'll try this one. Like this one has more flavor. Wait. So it's more flavorsome in the Inspector Morse cup. Mm-hmm. It has like, it's not as like, that one's more, like, tastes more like watered down. Yes. Why that one tastes more strong. Can you describe the colors to the listeners? The colors? Yes, the color of the tea. Ah, yes. Um, which one's a richer color and which one's more, which is more vibrant? Hmm. That one? Which one, which colored cup? That one, I think. Inspector no, 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 no. Morse cup. Well, hold on. You, they have to both be in the thing. If I like an orange color to my tea. I feel like that one's more orange then. So the, the pink pink, pink is a little more orange. Do you want to have one more try? Inspector Morse. Okay. Like Inspector Morse is better. All right. So again, this is the Yorkies versus the tips. <laughs> Catherine's first... Sip of tea. Are you gonna do it? I don't know. It's, it's hot though. It's not I that hot. It. Just a little sip. <laughs> Alright, the pink one. Do it. Sip. Okay. All right. I feel like I'll burn my tongue. You won't. If you burn your tongue, blame, blame uh, him. Sue him. I'm scared. It's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, the tea's not gonna bite you. I know. Yeah, I might though. <laughs> I know. Just, just take a All sip. Right. It's hot. All right. Well, I'm going to take a sip myself and try. I feel like it'll burn my tongue. Just do it. Inspector Morse is a bit, yeah, the very full-bodied, nice color. Not that much taste. Not that much taste. That's the pink one. That's the pink floral one. Now the Inspector Morse. Both in very fine china, of course. <laughs> Which one's better? I'd say this one. Oh, the Inspector Morse is better. Mm-hmm. Let me try the pink floral. Versus Inspector Morse. <laughs> I would agree, I would concur, that the <laughs> Inspector Morse is more full-bodied. So which one do you think is the Pyramid Tips and which is the Yorkies? Which is the Yorkshire Tea versus the Tips, the PG Tips? I, I think that's Tips. Pink is Tips? Yeah. And Yorkies? Is that one. Inspector Morse. You would be right. You have a very fine palate. Yeah. I so the girls, the girls say the Yorkies win. <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining me on the show today. Have you had a fun time here? <laughs> yes. As I said, I do feel a little bit like a Judas uh, now drinking the PG tips instead of uh, now drinking, sorry, the Yorkshire tea instead of the PG tips. I'm getting all like befuddled and begruddled uh, here with my uh, tea drinking exploits, but like the Yorkshire tea a lot and it might become a good rotation tea. I, I think it's going to be a very good rotation tea. 
uh, talking to somebody who may have uh, missed a good strong brew is the lost homing pigeon who accidentally ends up thousands of miles away after a blunder. Bob, the plucky pigeon, you'd say that very, very carefully and probably not after a few jars, ended up thousands of miles away when he accidentally flew a little bit too far and ended up in Alabama rather than Guernsey. A pigeon has been reunited with his owner after getting more than he bargained for when he ended up in Alabama, but he was meant to be going to Gateshead. Uh, Bob the homing pigeon set off to Guernsey and his owner expected him home within 8-10 to hours, but when he didn't come home there was a lot of confusion and concern. Weeks later, owner Alan Todd received an email to tell him that Bob was thousands of miles away in an animal shelter and he'd been getting up to some very cheeky antics. I think I've ever had a t-shirt made. It would say, Chappie loves some cheeky antics. Bob has been out staying his welcome in a man's house and uh, shelter staff had checked his microchip and was shocked to learn he was from the UK. Uh, it was thought that Bob may have caught a lift on a cruise liner or oil tanker to arrive 4,300 miles away from home in Alabama rather than flying back home. And said he began to fear the worst, thinking that he may have been killed, describing him as looking down in the dumps when he saw a photo. Alan began a fundraiser to reunite himself with his beloved pigeon and as a result was flown back to America first class for free. When he was in America, he had to pay a 470 vet bill. Bill, even a pigeon is charged that's the whole thing. If you ever go to if you ever go to America, make sure you have health insurance, even if you're a pigeon, because you're going to be overcharged, charged through the nose for something very, very minimal. And they may even find something wrong with you when you haven't got anything wrong at all and charge you. Beware of American health insurance, people. Even if you're a pigeon. Alan said it was a small price to pay. Well, no health insurance bill in America is a small price. He's a small price to pay to get Bob back where he belongs. The remaining 2000 has been raised, uh, donated to the Monroe County Animal Shelter. Bob had to go through quarantine and various tests to make sure he wasn't carrying avian flu. And he received his import license from Alpha. Since Bob has arrived back in the UK, Alan has been doing what he can to ensure his pal is back to normal he didn't look very well to be truthful now you wouldn't think he's been away because he's put a lot of weight on all that millet that he's been eating here i looked at him this morning you can see his chest is looking a lot better uh, and another week you won't be able to recognize him i do a lot of thinking on the dog walk and a lot of people think in the showers at night on a dog walk i do a lot of thinking a lot of the ideas uh, for this uh, hastily putting together podcast comes up when I'm walking the dogs here and uh, you know I just had a couple of marvelous ideas come to me uh, in the middle of a dog walk last week and uh, had the situation where uh, my finger went through the dog poo poo bag and I uh, had a poopy finger now and uh, one of the dastardly things about this is it was my texting finger I had a poopy texting finger can we just implore people to put some sort of disposable wet wipes on dog walks as well? As it seems to be very problematic with an inferior uh, poop bag that your finger goes through it. And you cannot text, I cannot take notes for this show or this podcast uh, with a poopy finger. In the wintertime, I do carry wet wipes in my long jacket. But when I'm walking along with just the... Uh, 
just a budgie smuggler's arm and a uh, and a tank top, then uh, I, I do have the problem where that sometimes does happen. You know, I'm carrying a cup of tea, got two dogs, phone in the pocket, and sometimes the uh, and finger does pierce the inferior plastic of uh, the doggy poo poo bag. Please, kind people, we need more wet wipes or something where one can wash one's hands quickly in that situation because I'm, I'm coming up with my best ideas, my best work and then I'm trying to say how silly, could you just take a note? So I've got a poopy finger and uh, yeah, not at the moment as I'm covering my mouth, I haven't got one but when I was on the dog walk I was trying to leave, get Siri to take a note so I wouldn't uh, forget this marvellous how silly and it can't hear me through the pocket of my shorts. It's a huge... So much doom and gloom around at the moment. Uh, you know, you would think that the four horsemen of the apocalypse are about to charge up, uh, maybe uh, pulling a uh, headless horseman with a carriage or something along those lines, maybe Anne Boleyn's headless corpse will be coming along and we're reaching the end of days with drought, recession, inflation... Armageddon, all of the rest. But if you want signs the apocalypse is coming, this is the other day. This is one of the signs that the apocalypse, that may be the end of days, this was probably in Revelation and through the years passed down from many, many people, they sort of misunderstood what was happening at the time. But this is probably happening back in biblical times. The other day I saw maybe a full McDonald's on the road and there were dozens of crows feasting off this McDonald's. Here's one of the signs of the apocalypse though. One of the crows was spitting out the McDonald's. Free food on the road, a whole feast for the bird-like beast and the crow was spitting out the remnants of the McDonald's. End of the world is nigh. Yes, I'm a traitor. I'm now drinking Yorkshire tea instead of the beloved PG Tips, which is a fabulous tea as well. Two great teas, Yorkshire tea, Yorkshire tea gold and PG Tips gold. Anyway, so the other day uh, I saw, uh, I was running low on tea, running low on the tips. And I thought, well, I'm going to try uh, Yorkshire tea. So I had it uh, ordered and... Uh, it said here at Chappie Towers that it was delivered and left in the package room. So went to the package room, nothing. Somebody had stolen my tea. Somebody had stolen my tea, those nasty nincompoops. Anyway, called Amazon, said that said the tea was delivered, never came. Okay, sir, we'll send you some more tea. Another 160 tea bags are winging its way to you. I said, I need the tea. You've never seen me in the morning without a cup of tea. I am like Godzilla and the Loch Ness Monster combined without my morning dose of uh, very, very strong brewed caffeine. Anyway, got a call from Chappie Tower's office and they said that the package was at the front. Uh, their package delivery system was down. The touch screen wasn't working. Maybe somebody's trying to sort of text with a poopy finger. And the poopy finger calls the malfunction. It is entirely possible. Anyway, so went in there, 
got a box of tea, and then all of a sudden, the other package of tea that had been sent by Amazon, because I said it had been thieved, I tell you it has been thieved, damn it, arrived as well. So now I have 300 uh, Yorkshire tea bags to, uh, uh, to, to help my thirst over the coming months here. And I drink a lot of tea, a lot. Already four cups this morning. And you can probably tell I'm like, I'm wired here. So you have the situation where I thought I'd been thieved, there'd been theft, but I am the thief. Gary Tognetti's daughter and her friend were manning his fruit stand in Gilroy, California last week when an older man asked for some cold cherries for his drive down to Beverly Hills. After the man drove off, the girls noticed a wallet had been left behind. It was sitting in a bin of corn. It was only the next day that Tognetti's 15-year-old daughter showed him the wallet. You've got to be kidding me, Tognetti, thought as he opened it. The driver's license inside belonged to none other than William Shatner, the iconic James T. Kirk. Her friend recognized him only as the man who bought the cold cherries. I mean, if I was in the situation here, I mean, obviously Shatner's just been into space uh, with Bezos, so his wallet's probably quite full. But if anybody ever found my wallet, maybe in a, in a, in a corn sack or potato sack, uh, it would be the situation. It's space, Jim but not as we know it. On our tea special today, you can't have tea, a very strong brew, a strong kappa, without dunking. So this is officially the best biscuit to dunk in the tea. Let's go through the uh, runners and riders here. We love biscuits as much as we love a good cup of tea. And we're talking about cookies. We're not talking about the uh, biscuits in America that look like scones. They're the perfect duo, like the ant and deck of food pairing. But there's something that crosses your mind when enjoying a simple twosome of tea and biscuit. How many dunks can this biscuit really take? The pastime of dunking has been around for a long time, but did you know that there's been a recent surge in the popularity of dunking amongst the younger generations? McVitie's research claims that nearly 20% more young people are dunking compared to people over 55. Research we can get behind. What is the best tea for dunking? We have the contenders. We have rich tea. Chocolate digestives, original digestives, hobnobs, ginger nut, fruit shortcakes, nice, malted milk, bourbon creams, and custard creams. To measure the biscuit's dunkability, we gracefully dunked each biscuit into a warm cup of tea. The biscuits were judged on how many dunks they could withstand before they crumbled. Okay, here we have the results. The Nice biscuit, covered in sugar, dunkability very poor. Supposedly a crisp biscuit, the results were pretty shocking, taking just three dunks before the Nice biscuit fell to pieces. Nice falls to pieces. McVitie's Hobnob, dunks for dunkability poor. Oh, the Hobnob, it tastes so good, but dunks so badly. This was anticipated by the uh, team, and as an oat-based biscuit, there'd be less structural strength. It took four dunks until the McVitie's Hobnob disintegrated. This was a crumbly catastrophe. Oh, the creamy custard creams, four dunks, dunkability poor. The custard cream did, in fact, disappoint the team. With its double layering, we estimated it would do very well once immersed in the tea. We were wrong. It lasted four shameful dunks, but we put it down to how small and light the biscuit is. Perhaps a lightweight and little surface area made for a faster crumble. The malted milk 
I haven't wanted one of those in years. The malted milk is described as a light and crumbly, and it really is. The biscuit resisted only four dunks with a poor sense of dunkability, another not-so-great dunker. Things weren't looking too great. McVitie's ginger nut. Who loves a good ginger nut? We relatively high hopes for the survivor once dunked. Unfortunately, we're not too hopeful. The ginger nut biscuit did not last many dunks, a total of just five dunks. The bourbon cream. Five dunks. Due to the bourbon's density, we anticipated a pretty successful dunk. However, it turned out the biscuit could only withstand an average of five. Not terrible, but not great either. The fruit shortcake biscuit. Relatively thin biscuit. We thought it would fall short in the experiment, but it happened to do slightly better than expected. Survived five dunks before crumbling away. The original digestive. The original and the best. We had pretty high expectations for the king of the Bicky tin. It did well. It did better than we thought. The original digestive continues to make a good dunk. The chocolate digestive, though. The team had pretty average expectations of the chocolate digestive. Mostly because of the chocolate coating, we assumed it would melt pretty fast during the dunking experiment. Yet it powered through 11 dunks in total. Chocky digestive did good. Winner, winner. McVitie's Digestive Biscuit Dinner, we had the Rich Tea. The Rich Tea Biscuit certainly pulled though. An astonishing level of dunkability. This biscuit kept its shape even though the soggiest of dunks. This was one absorbent biscuit. We put it down to a compact structure helping to support great levels of moisture. The Rich Tea Biscuit wiped the floor with its competitors. More than 25 dunks crowning it the ultimate winner and best Dunking Biscuit. We love a good shark story on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Uh, shark Week may be over, but who knew there would be a day when we'd see sharks actually walking outside the water? Well, the day has arrived. The footage is truly amazing to behold. Shark Week on Discovery has been awash with incredible moments this year, taking viewers under the surface to watch clips including great white sharks breaking in an underwater cage, holding a diver and a camera capturing what a tiger shark's mouth looks like inside. Adventure and TV personality Forrest Galante was joined by his team on the program Island of Walking Sharks as they filmed a fascinating species of shark that actually has the ability to walk using their fins called the Apopolette Shark. While you first thought that a walking shark might be imagining it's standing upright like a human, that's not how it works. But the reality is mind-boggling to witness. Forrest was closely inspecting the shark, used its fins to drag out of the water and travel across rocks on land, explaining how incredible it is to see firsthand. Look at him using those fins. This is so incredible as you watch the shark going up and over the rocks. This is spectacular. It's the first time in history that one of the porpoise species of epaulets has been documented walking. The conservationists then added how amazing it is to see a shark leave the water and coming onto the land, the only known shark in the world that would walk out of the water over the land. Solid science, stunning reefs, rare wobble gongs and some real-life Indiana Jones encounters, including a cave full of ancient skulls. One of the best Shark Week programs ever. Worked with abandoned bamboo sharks, epaulets are a level up. Amazing footage. Sharks are now on land. Good friends of Very British Problems Official. What's the best cheese? Everyone who answered all the cheese is correct. 
You're not doing Britishness right unless you've apologised at least three times to inanimate objects in the past 24 hours. Shall we order takeaway for tea? Well, we've only had takeaway two days ago. We're meant to be trying to save money. Yeah, you're right. Narrator. The food arrived 40 minutes later. Is it misleading to say British people say all right as a greeting because it's actually even less than that? It's more of a noise based around the world all right. It's more of an ait, and often even less than that, and an appropriate response is to give a similar grunt back. Time to eat a sandwich. I've been looking forward to it for hours in approximately eight seconds flat. Honest job interview. What are your hobbies? I like lying down and looking at my phone. I also enjoy sleep. Some of my favorite moments from the week here. I've had enough of hippo propaganda. Stop slandering sharks. Portrayed in the media, you've got a shark. Bloodthirsty, flesh-eating torpedo. Portrayed in the media, you have a hippo. Adorable, giant, herbivore puppy. In real life, sharks. Clueless, seven to nine, yearly kills in the whole world. Hippos, in real life. Territorial killing machine, 500 to 3,000 yearly kills just in their native continent. And I found my first grey pubic hair today. Normally things like this do not bother me, but it was in my Big Mac. Thank you very much for indulging in the podcast today. It's been marvellous to have you here, as always. It really does help when you like and subscribe across all of the possible platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify as an audio version, Slacker Breaker, iHeartRadio, also Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, everywhere. To be honest, as those sharks and their fins shuffled along the beach walking, as they promenaded through the sand, you could hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese emanating from the ruffling of the sand. If you like music, though, then listen to the Butler and Porin Musical Edition on Spotify, where there's music, good music, interspersed between this rubbish. This week, we have such wonderful artists as Wet Wet Wet, we have TLC Wet Leg, we have some Mambo Italiano, some Cast, we have some R.E.M., we have some Space... We also have songs to dunk biscuits by. Mm. Which biscuit is structurally the strongest? I am going to have to go and buy some rich teas now. Because I'm very interested to see if the rich tea will survive 25 plus dunks. This is a man with a little bit too much time in his hands, don't you think? Coming up next, we have an August poem by Swinburne. There were four apples on the bough, half gold, half red, that one might know. The blood was ripe inside the core, the colour of the leaves was more, like stems of yellow corn that grow through all the gold June meadows floor. The warm smell of the fruit was good to feed on, and the split green wood with its bearded lips and stains of mosses in the clown's veins, most pleasant if one lay or stood its sunshine or in happy rains. There were four apples on the tree, red stained through gold that might see. The sun went warm from court rind. The green leaves made the summer blind. If the soft place they kept for me with golden apples shut behind. The leaves caught gold across the sun where the bluest air begun. Thirsted for the song to help the heat 
as I feel my lady's feet draw close before the day was done, both lips grew dry with dreams of it. In the mute August afternoon, they trembled to some undertune of music in the silver air. Great pleasure was it to be there, till green turned duskier and the moon coloured the corn sheaves like gold hair. That August time, it was a delight to watch the red moons wane to white, twixt grey seemed stems of apples trees, a sense of heavy harmonies. Grew on the growth of patient night, more sweet than the shape of music is. And there's some three hours before the moon, the air still eager from the noon, flagged after the heat, not wholly dead, against the stem I lent my head. The colour soothed me like a tune, green leaves all round, golden red. I lay there till the warm smell grew, more sharp when flecks of yellow dew. Between the round ripe leaves are blurred, the rind was stained and wet I heard. A wind that blew and breathed and blew, too weak to alter, it's one word. The wet leaves next to the gentle fruit felt smoother, the brown tree root felt the mould warmer. I too felt as watery feels the slow gold melt right through it when the day burns mute. The peace of time wherein love dwelt, there were four apples on the tree. Gold stained on red, all might see the sweet blood filled them to the core. The colour of her hair is more like stems of fair faint gold that we moan from the harvest middle floor. I will be back again before stumps are drawn at the end of the weekend. Until next time, have a bedazzling weekend. Cheerio. I don't like tea. It's too plain for my taste buds.